Welcome one another, just as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Welcome one another, just as Christ has welcomed you. Would you please pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Here's the scene I want to paint for you. There is a group of people from different backgrounds, ages, races, socioeconomic statuses, marital situations, countries of origin, all these different people. They are together in a dimly lit basement, and they're all sitting around a broken folding table. And just taking a look around the room, it is abundantly clear that these people have nothing in common with each other. And the silence is getting very palpable as they occasionally take turns refilling their subpar coffee from their two small styrofoam cups. There's a man. He's prematurely balding. He's got a beard. And he's sitting at one end of the table. And he seems to be in charge. In front of this man, there is a simple plate with a dried out loaf of bread. And there's a half-consumed bottle of Merlot. Sort of twinkles in this candlelit basement. Welcome, everyone, he begins. Welcome to the first meeting of the gathering. Oh, is that what we're calling ourselves now? Yes, of course it is. We are the gathering. We are people who gather together. It's simple. Now, before I jump into the first bits of information about the gathering, are there any lingering questions in the room? Yeah, buddy. Who died and made you king? And he said, Jesus, I guess. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Are there any more substantive questions? Aren't we going to lay out some ground rules about who's in and who's out? Oh, that's a very juicy question. Who's in and who's out? Here's my answer. Yes. What do you mean your answer is yes? That doesn't answer my question. I want to know who is in and who is out. You can't just say yes. What are the requirements going to be for the people who gather in the gathering? I think we should expect people to give up certain sins before they're welcomed. Like, I don't know, let's say no more alcohol, certainly no smoking, and absolutely no tattoos. Another man chimes in. Hey, that sounds good to me. While we're at it, let's make sure that only people in happy and healthy marriages are allowed in. No divorced people. You know, we don't want them screwing this thing up for the rest of us. And then another person chimes in, absolutely. But friends, why stop there? Now, I mean no disrespect to some of you at the table, but it's clear. Some of you haven't showered in some time. So let's have some expectations of cleanliness. Like, maybe you have to have showered in the last 24 hours before you can come join us. And this list goes on and on. The number of people getting in is smaller and the people getting out get bigger. And all the while, this man, this man at the head of the table, he just keeps taking swig after swig from his bottle of Merlot. And when it empties, he reaches under the table and he pulls out another bottle. And he opens it up and he starts to drink when they all turn and look at him. So, what's it going to be? Who's in and who's out? Look, he says, I'm coming to this just like the rest of you. I thought I had my whole life figured out. I knew what was right. I knew what was wrong. I had all the benefits and all the privileges of this world until my world got turned upside down. Now I'm stuck with all of you. And there ain't no going back. 
But it seems to me that all of our squabbles about who's in and who's out, they've got to stop. Why? Don't we want to make sure that only the best of the best get to be part of the gathering? Well, that's kind of the whole thing right there. We are all here because we are not the best of the best. In fact, there's no such thing. It's our undeserving that has brought us here to this place and this time. And the sooner we get that in our thick skulls, we can do what we really need to do. Which is what, by the way, you know, you've talked a lot about being here, but what are we going to do? Well, you know, God doesn't just tell us what to do. It's not a list of things that are right and things that are wrong that we have to live according to to the end of our days. God, God gives us something incomprehensible. God says in all of our differences, which are many, in all of our brokenness, which is clear, that's how we're going to find harmony. Are you kidding me? We've been talking for 45 minutes about who's allowed to join us, and you've already talking to us. We, we have no harmony at all. He said, yeah, that's kind of the idea. There's always going to be disharmony in the gathering. But in our divisions, we might start to discern this thing called the Trinity. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let me try to come at it from another angle. God sees things that we cannot. That's the message of the scriptures. That's the story of Israel. All who came before us in strength, God saw weakness. And in weakness, God saw strength. God uses people's brokenness to change the world. But if we're a bunch of broken people, won't the gathering be broken? Exactly. That's the whole point. We can only welcome one another because Christ has welcomed us. We are here only because of him. Whether we're weak or strong, whether we're young or old, whether we're good or bad. To him, all of our voices have value. To him, it doesn't matter one bit whether we're standing on the, the highest step of life or the lowest step of life. We are bound together by Jesus and nothing more. Okay, I think I'm starting to see your point. So we're kind of like a band of misfit toys. I said, sure, if you want to put it that way. But I like the way Jesus put it. He said, we are his body. A body has a lot of parts that have to work together, and sometimes they don't work together. It's about figuring out how we can fit together, how we can work together to build one another up while seeking out the good of the people who aren't here yet. Okay, buddy, I'm with you, but are we seriously not going to set up any expectations about who's in, about who can join us? He said, let me, let me try to come at it one more time. You all ever heard of Bruce Springsteen? He said it like this. You don't need no ticket. You just come right on board. You don't need no ticket. You just get right on board. Fine, buddy. We're open to anybody. Sure. But what are we going to do when all the ragamuffins start wanting to join? He said, I, I want to talk about a word you just used. You said open. The gathering is not open. Sure, we're open to everybody. You know, Maybe one day we can have a sign that says open hearts, open minds, open doors. But it's more than that. It's not about just having the door open. It's about welcoming. We welcome because Christ has welcomed us. And when I say welcome, I don't mean that innocuous. Anyone is welcome to come to our neighborhood barbecue. You know what happens when you say anybody's welcome to come to our barbecue? Nobody comes. I mean the verb of the word. I mean actually going out and welcoming people in the midst of their brokenness into something that will radically upend and change their life forever. Because that's why all of you are here right now. I mean, you could be anywhere. You could be doing anything. 
You don't have anything in common with the people here in this room except Jesus. The table nods silently in affirmation as everyone considers the truth of what the man said. If pressed, most of them couldn't answer why they were there, but they knew they had to be. The different shapes, sizes, histories of all the people around the table, they start to fade away and they start to see each other through the eyes of the one who first called them in the first place. The mood changes. The debates, the expectations, they've all gone away. And without being told, they've started passing around that bottle of wine. They've started passing around that stale loaf of bread. By the way, the man says, I forgot to introduce myself. My name's Paul. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here because this is what it's supposed to look like. The gathering, it's spirit-infused. It's multicultural. It's outwardly focused. It's about bearing with one another in love. It's Christ-like in the sense that our hands are outstretched just like his hands were outstretched on that cross. It means on some level that we don't see like the world sees. We see like God sees. And that means that the least, the last, the lost, the little, the dead, they are the people for us. There's a woman. She's sitting at the far end of the table. She hasn't said anything yet. And finally, she opens up her mouth and she says, but how are we going to organize ourselves? How are we going to know who's in charge? How are we going to know who we're supposed to listen to? Don't we need some sort of structure? And Paul thinks for a moment and he says, well, I guess we have to be institutional somehow, but we've got to avoid the trappings of institutions. We have to steer away from self-preservation and we have to be focused on people preservation. And it's not going to be easy. But we are a group of people who are bound together by our faith in Jesus. We are not an organization that exists for the organization. So we're not a club. We're not a civic organization. He said, no, as far from those things as possible. Ultimately, the strangest thing about who we are is that we don't have to do anything. If anything, the only thing we have to do is celebrate that we don't have to do anything. That's the message of Jesus. And that's a message of his cross. God came to do what we could not and would not do for ourselves. No amount of belief or money or power or morality can give salvation to us, nor can it be taken away. It is a gift given away. There's no catch. There's no fine print. If you want to know what the gathering looks like, save for a bunch of people sitting in a basement, drinking bad wine and eating old bread... It's like an outdoor wedding reception that refuses to stop on account of rain. Paul, was, that was your name, right, Paul? Do you happen to have any more wine? We seem to have run out, and we could use some more bread, too. No time like the present, he says. You see this bottle? You see this bread? All of what we do, all of what we say, all of what we believe are caught up in these ordinary things that aren't very ordinary. You see, when Jesus was with his friends on their final earthly evening together, after years of teaching and preaching and healing, he looked out at that ragtag group of followers, and he knew that each one of them wasn't good enough. He knew that when the time came, they would either betray him, deny him, or abandon him. Instead of writing out all the expectations for their last meeting together, instead of holding them accountable to their inevitable sins, instead of making a list of who is in and who is out, he threw out the whole ledger against the whole world. He looked out at his friends and said, I love you no matter what. 
So the table gets very quiet. As Paul motions for the wine and the bread to come back toward him at the front. He says, my friends, listen very carefully to what I'm about to say. Because what I'm going to say just might save your life. Christ our Lord invites to the table all. And when he says all, he means all. The good, the bad. The beautiful, the ugly. The weak and the strong. The smart and the dumb. The rich and the poor. Christ invites all because Christ welcomes all. Knowing we don't deserve it. Would you please bow your heads and pray with me? Oh Lord, you must be up to something. Gathering a whole bunch of people who have nothing in common except for you, your son, and your spirit. You must see something in us that we cannot yet see in ourselves. You must believe in us in a way we cannot yet believe in ourselves. For, Lord, there are people here that we might not welcome into our own home. There are people here who might not welcome us into their own home. And yet you have said that your house is big enough for all of us. That your table has enough spaces for all of us. So help us to see, O Lord, that by being welcomed in the way we are by you, that we cannot not welcome others. It's part of who we are, because you have changed us forever. I pray this in your son's name. Amen.